Hello, and welcome to this week's look at stunts and action on film and television. How are you? This recent 60th anniversary of James Bond got me thinking that there are key moments in the series that are pretty much down to action. And it doesn't really matter who the actor is. It doesn't matter what the story is. It doesn't matter who's done the music for the movie. It doesn't matter who's directed it. None of that really makes a great deal of difference. The key to the whole thing is how action-packed the whole thing was. People talk in stunts, don't they? You remember that thing when he jumped off the thing and then flew out through the thing? You remember that? They go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's how a lot of people talk. They don't very rarely... I mean, there are dedicated film fans who will be very specific about X, Y, and Z, and Z, even. And um, the facts leading up to the gag. However, there are a great many individuals who just like a roller coaster ride and they want to have the best fun that's possible whilst they're in the cinema. So, on the basis of this, I thought I would offer an opinion of the six best James Bond stunts over 60 years. Now, it is a personal choice. I cannot be held responsible if my choices are different to yours. And if they are, well, that's fine. That's okay. Um, we have proved over the years on many occasions that you don't have to have the same opinion to be right. And uh, this is very clearly a factor. I remember back in 2012, I did the, the 50 greatest stunts of James Bond. And, um, you know, I had choices in there that I thought were in the right place. I had asked expert opinion to maybe throw some light on it for me. Everybody was different, but we all came up with the same sort of ideas. And on the strength of that, we were all right. So, here are six that I think... I'll, I'll explain why. But these are six that I think are key to the success of the series. And I'll explain that as we go along. At number six. In fact, what might be very interesting at this point is that we have a rundown jingle. Here it comes. Okay, number six is Tanaka Office Fight from You Only Live Twice. Tricky to find another fight in the Connery era that really delivers as well as this one on screen. Already people are shouting at me and going, look, what about, what about from Russia with Love? He's not in that fight. Bob Simmons is not in that fight. Okay, just, just to clear that up. Bob Simmons' brilliance as a fighter ranger and double are quite obvious to see here. Peter Mavia is his opponent, uh, The Rock's uncle, remember? 
and uh, it's sort of grandfather. Is grandfather or uncle? They're related, um, and it's a fight of opposites. Bond is western and weedy, and in comparison, the driver Mavia is huge and wrecking ball-like. Where Bob Simmons shines here is with the cunning of Bond. Instead of trying to beat him up blow for blow, he tries to outsmart the opponent. Use of props has always been the key to a good Simmons fight. Furniture, artwork, uh, whatever Bond can get his hands on or can be used. Here we see a sofa being used as Bond is battering Mavia uh, with this thing, pounding it against his chest until he realises that rolling with it is going to give him an advantage. The difference in sizes also allows for changes in pace during the fight. The sword, firstly, being used to try and slice Bond in two, then being used to flip Bond over onto the floor. A floor that Simmons said himself during the production, if you remember, uh, was very hard indeed. So much so that Harry Saltzman is heard to say during the Wicker's World documentary, um, our roughneck says the floor's too hard. And Bob was later said to have told an interviewer, um, if I'd known he wanted four takes, I'd have bumped my feet up. Not, not daft. Very sensible approach, I think, in all things considered with that. But a stunning fight, nonetheless. Good evening. Number five, Nikros versus Green Four in The Living Daylights. If there was ever a fight that looked like a Bob Simmons fight, but wasn't, this is it. Paul Weston, who'd worked with Bob for many years, learnt from the best. Bill Weston, who plays Green Four, no relation, is an excellent stuntman and would have worked with Bob on You Only Live Twice if it wasn't for 2001 A Space Odyssey running a bit late in production. Bill was stunt coordinator. Andreas Vesiensky, who plays Necros, was a dancer. His agility really shines through here. Understanding timing is, a cr is crucial when you work a fight out with many moves in limited space. 
The Simmons influence is all over the fight. Saucepans of boiling water, every kitchen appliance you can think of, and besides his passion for explosive milk bottles, his backhand has certainly improved as he knocks out Green 4 with a well-timed slice to the chin through the medium of a cast-iron skillet. Bill Weston was concussed for a few moments during one of the takes. The rubber pan, substituted for the real thing, still hurts like hell if you catch one full on in the face. Regardless of who swung it. Hmm. 15 love. New balls, please. Good morning. Morning. Put it out there, would you? Start. Based. We have dangerous gas leaks in main building. Some personnel overcome. Evacuate immediately. Send for emergency medical services. Control to green four. I read and understand you. Number four. The car jump. The man with the golden gun. Doesn't matter what era of Bond we talk about. It doesn't matter what car chase we talk about in any movie. From 1962 onwards. The Astro Spiral Jump from The Man with the Golden Gun is, without question, one of the most perfectly executed pieces of action ever captured on film. A car being able to jump from one side of a canal to the other seems relatively straightforward. But to have that same car rotate 360 degrees in the air whilst travelling at speed and land perfectly on the other side on all four wheels is a majestic feat. Computer programs developed allow the stunt team headed by J.W. Milligan to plot a course into history. Then to discover that in order for the car to make the jump, certain changes had to be made, like getting the stunt driver, Bumps Willard, lay down between the two dummies and also not get a rehearsal. Plus, it's on screen for less than 10 seconds. These are the lengths producers go to in order to create heart-stopping moments in James Bond films. And what do fans do almost continually over the next 48 years? They moan about a slide whistle. Tough crowd. Here's Bridges, two miles back. What the hell are you doing now, boy? Head 
Number three, pre-title sequence, Quantum of Solace. For me, and it's my opinion, right, the pre-title in Quantum is incredibly exciting. It's a bit short, I'll explain that. We arrive in the middle of a car chase, which is just great, don't get me wrong, I love that. I don't need to know why, just that Bond is doing his thing and trying to get away from the bad guys, that'll do. The speed of the edit, although brutal in places, is absolutely necessary to the success of the chase. The crashes are real. One stuntman had to be airlifted to hospital after a very serious head-on collision. We never see a car door ripped off like that in any other chase before. It's never happened. And we never see what what you have to do in order to maintain control and momentum of the vehicle during such an incident. My problem with this is that it ends too early. I'd have had the car driving into Siena, driving down the tunnel in the town and fading to black. The scene would then go on where Mr. White is being interrogated by M. The subsequent Mitchell chase ends with the wonderful scaffolding fight and Bond shooting into the lens of the camera, which should then have become the gun barrel and straight into the title song. Now, regardless of what you think, it's a very, very good, brilliant, heart-pounding entry to the movie. And uh, I think it rightfully has its place in this list. I'm Simon. And I'm James. We want to talk about those movies. Those supposedly bad movies. Those movies that bombed. To see if they weren't that bad after all, join us every other Tuesday on the For Your Reconsideration podcast, part of the Pod Dojo Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, and all your usual podcast apps. And it won't cost you a solitary bean, mate. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's like it's free. <laughs> it's just like it's free. <laughs> Number two, octopusy train fight. We've had train fights before, but up until this, never on the roof. The comparisons to Skyfall are very obvious, and the speed of the train can also be discussed, but in 1983, in Octopussy, nobody had safety wires on. Nobody was using a mask, and there was no face replacement, and the speed of the train wasn't enhanced by CGI. This doesn't take anything away from Skyfall, which I absolutely love. But Octopussy is a far superior train sequence simply because of the very real achievements by all who took part. Martin Grace was very badly injured, as we all know, whilst hanging off the side of the train. An incident that wouldn't be allowed happen today because of cabling and CGI. Paul Weston coming out of the roof hatch, just missing the bridge, which was very real and with the added 45 miles an hour speed could have been very different if his timing was out by a millisecond. At one time, you have three people on the roof. Paul doubling Roger, Wayne Michaels doubling one of the twins, and Reg Harding doubling Govinda. No safety wires. Paul and Wayne then must jump from the train, landing in an airbag. They can't jump together, otherwise they miss the bag or they hit it so hard that they might pitch each other out of it. Breathtaking just isn't strong enough a word to describe how wonderful this sequence is. The movie just keeps giving and giving. Action, left, right and centre. And at the heart of all of this is the brilliant Roger Moore holding the entire thing together. It's absolutely stunning and a forerunner what was to come. Number one, in my humble opinion, is the pre-title sequence from Moonraker. I can hear you all 
holding your head in your hands, saying, how could he choose this? He means he means Spy Who Loved Me, surely. No, I don't. I mean this one. Let me explain. These few moments in the pre-title didn't just change the way Bond films were made or allow them bigger scope to go bigger and better with uh, each action sequence. But it changed cinema forever. Up until this point, parachute scenes were filmed in long shot with real footage and pretty poor back projection. And often a lot of that was because the editor didn't have anything else to play with. Here, B.J. Worth, Jake Lombard and cameraman Randy DeLuca capture footage that was previously only dreamt about. So not only do you have the, the fight, the choreography, of which has to be worked out on dry land first, but the added situation of how to hide the parachutes. After Bond is pushed out of an aeroplane without one, Concealing the chutes becomes a long task, but over time, lightly stitched jacket, which becomes a Velcro sticky seam, then runs up the back of the jacket and only opens when the parachute is deployed. Every movie you've ever seen since 1979 that has a parachute sequence in it and uses actual footage of two characters fighting in mid-air is directly filmed because of Moonraker. Point Break, Drop Zone, Cutaway and Terminal Velocity are all movies that simply wouldn't have been made without the pre-title sequence existing. James Bond has so much to thank Jake and BJ for. Now, for those of you who asked about The Spy Who Loved Me, here's the thing. This would definitely be the popular vote. If I walked into the street and stopped someone and asked them to tell me their favourite James Bond stunt, I'd get a parachute jump from the spy who loved me over and over again. And although the story behind the stunt is very interesting, and the performing of the stunt is that of legend, skiing off a stationary mountain isn't as visually stimulating falling out of a jet airplane travelling at 500 miles an hour in my opinion obviously this is where we leave you Mr Bond uh, a little premature isn't it enjoy your flight
So, that's it for this week. Join us again for more of the same next week when we go behind the stunts. Bye for now. <laughs>